Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for In the Spotlight. Uh, you know, from greeting the penguins on Phillip Island to experiencing the thrills of a snowshoe trekking, winter in Australia is actually the perfect season and time for exploring the length and breadth of the continent. I mean, prevailing from the months of June to August, winter in Australia enables travelers to indulge in some of the best experiences that uh, really could lead them to explore and experience the true charm of Australia. Why should you spend winter in Australia, apart from the reasons I've mentioned? And with sustainability travel gaining more traction, how is Australia as a destination leading the charge on this front? Well, online with me is Anne Lim, who is Country Manager Singapore for Tourism Australia. Good afternoon, Anne. How are you? Hi, Alan. I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Let's talk about Australia. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is how uh, they've bounced back since uh, borders have reopened. Quite a huge setback experience during the COVID-19 pandemic. Tell us a little bit about the bounce back of Australia right now. How are they doing? Well, everything is back to normal, um, very much like what Singapore is. No one is wearing masks. I think cases are really very stable. People are really just back doing their daily lives. And we have lots of tourists, especially from Singapore, heading into Australia, um, experiencing what the, the, the country has to offer. Mm. I do wonder, though, I mean, in terms of challenges, I know everyone was hungry to start traveling again, but were there challenges that Tourism Australia had to deal with in this bounce back? Well, initial, yes, um, not so much these days. I think initially, um, I think a lot of other destinations would have faced the same issues. Mm -hmm. Um, There are not enough flights flying back into all the key gateways of Australia. Um, It's hard to get a seat. uh, Flight tickets are expensive. I would say that the cost is very low at the moment, so it's an ongoing challenge that we are facing. Um, but I believe that's not unique to Australia, especially during key travelling seasons. A lot of other destinations are facing the same issue. So we're coping well, uh, I would say, overall. And um, it's, like I said, very much going back to pre-COVID case already uh, in the country. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk about winter in Australia. Um, what is it like? I, I have to admit... I always see commercials of like, you know, sunny Australia, the sunshine, the beach, the Gold Coast. Uh, Very seldom we talk about going on a holiday during winter in Australia. What is it like? How cold can it get? Well, it really depends on which part of Australia you head into. But um, you're right, a lot of people, I'm actually very surprised that a lot of Singaporeans are not aware that there is winter. In, in Australia and it's in direct opposite of the winter period that they're very used to yeah. um, for example in Europe in Japan and it can range from below zero depending on where you are in Tasmania for example or up in the mountain to around depending again winter if you're in Queensland it will not be that cold but it will be a very nice I would say a chill um, nice temperature of around 20 degrees so it really okay. depends that's yeah. actually quite yeah. nice. It's quite doable. Yeah. Yeah, you can still go I around know, in berms. I know. Yeah. 
and especially for Singapore in this time of the year, it's very hot yeah. uh, in Singapore. And there is no other places that you could really go for, um, I would say, snow play. Yeah. And that's when we are hearing that, of course, uh, or even my friends are reaching out to me. Their families are like planning for a snow or a cold experience mm. somewhere in Australia and asking me for advice. Mm. And that's the perfect time to go between June to August. And uh, school holidays as well. So that's that's quite an interesting experience. And if you play your cards right, your kid could experience snow twice a year. <laughs> exactly. So, and we are in direct opposite of those places that, yep. you know, I think traditionally Singaporean loves to go um, in Europe or even in Japan and in Korea. And this is um, hottest time of the year in Singapore. You get to enjoy snow right there in Australia. And it's not just about snow. Mm. During the June to July period, there is also the travel season. Um, again, <laughs> a lot of people are not aware of oh. travel uh, in Australia. And uh, between early June to late August is when, you know, it's the best time of the year to head to, for example, um, head south to Margaret River in mm. Western Australia to celebrate the travel season. And even in Canberra, they have this travel-inspired event um, happening as part of its annual travel festival. And it can range from travel hunting to cooking classes mm. that you could experience yeah. And if I'm on Margaret River, I will not be hunting truffles. It will be wine. <laughs> of course, that's, that's the main staple. You definitely have to go for wine. Yeah. But then, uh, again, a lot of people are like, you, what? You mean Australia has truffle? Exactly. You can do that. Wow. Um, you know, in Europe, I think maybe they go hunting for truffle with pigs. Yeah, um, in yeah. Australia, they do quite a fair bit with um, dogs. So, mm. really fun. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a nice experience. So, uh, exactly. apart from all of this that you mentioned, I mean, usually we talked about winter in other parts of the world is usually end of the year, right? And you associate mm-hmm. that with like Christmas markets and that sort of festivals. Um, what other festivals can we expect during winter in Australia? Well, um, quite a fair bit. Um, I would say for now, um, one called the Tasting Australia in Adelaide, South Australia, and that's happening end of April, 28 April to 7 May. And it's a festival hub for, I would say, deliciously diverse eating and drinking experiences, you know, right down the alley for Singapore. It's free, it's fun, and it's perfect for families and friends. There is also upcoming Visit Sydney from 26 May to 17 June. This is an annual festival of light music and ideas being held in Sydney. And it's, you know, it includes outdoor immersive light installations, projections, and performance by local and international musicians. And of course, a lot of food and drinks option all around. Okay, let's uh, talk about the in thing, which is sustainable travel. I mean, it's more than Mm. just a PR campaign. Uh, it's something that a lot of people are trying to achieve. What does it look like today? How has sustainable travel evolved? We have to look at it from many different angles. I would say okay. firstly would be the sustainable tourism attitude and the impact of um, COVID, obviously. Mm-hmm. So the pandemic has really been a time when people you know, really pause and reflect on what is important. And from a tourism perspective, sustainability has really become a key consideration for travellers when they book and plan for a holiday. And and our research has shown that um, consumers have many reasons for travelling sustainable and what sus- travelling sustainably um, actually means to them. It can range from, you know, is this the right and moral thing to do? It makes me feel better about my holiday or it reflects how I live my day-to-day life. And, and really not surprisingly, some would say that I want future generations to be able to enjoy the same experiences. It's more than just a campaign. It really is about how do you shift people's mindsets to attaining this ideology of sustainable travel? 
Yep, and uh, I, I was also just mentioning earlier on, um, about how sustainability and tourism in Australia it really go hand in hand. Um, especially, there is this very strong connection um, between sustainability and also cultural travel. Um, especially from Australia, our First Nation people are arguably the pioneers of um, sustainability that spent more than 60,000 years as the custodian of the country. So we've seen interest in also Indigenous experiences in Australia grow alongside understanding the Indigenous experiences that can be had um, almost anywhere in Australia. Um, from understanding, you know, the traditional storytelling to more contemporary experiences like tasting native ingredients in some of the most popular restaurants. So it's mm. not just in the outbacks of Australia, but, you know, in cities where you could also experience um, all these kind of products as well. Yeah, I mean, as long as there's a mindset shift, where you are really doesn't matter. I, I got to admit, I'm Singaporean and I'm, I'm a spoiled brat. You know, it took me a long yeah. It took me a long time to shift my thinking and and put in a conscious effort to be more sustainable. And and I'm still trying to evolve uh, as a human being. Talking about Singaporean travelers, I mean, things are so easy for us, right? How open are we to sustainable travel? Well, we we regularly undertake research across our target audience in, in various markets, including Singapore, um, to really find out. Um, you know, our customers' demand and their preference in key areas, including sustainability. So our latest research has actually revealed this emerging interest mm. in sustainability, um, sustainable tourism among Singaporeans. And they place the most uh, importance on sustainable tourism practices and okay. um, protection of the natural environment, respecting cultural practices and heritage. However, yeah. <laughs> Singaporeans present a, a, yeah, a lower willingness to pay for sustainable tourism options ah. than the global average. Yeah, so, so for us, we you know, recognize that cost is a perceived barrier. We've increased uh, you know, consumer sentiments towards better travel and sustainable purchase choices. We do have an opportunity to further expand and elevate this, this reputation by raising you know, awareness of our many and often, I would say, unheralded tourism operators' yeah. experiences and their success story. And of course, at the same time, showcase the diverse choice of sustainable travel experiences in Australia at varying price points. Yeah. It doesn't need to be expensive. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and, and, and it, it's a global effort, right? The, the more all of us are on board the sustainability train, the more likely those prices will start to shift downwards because it becomes that new norm. But all things take time, I suppose. All right, uh, I'm on the line with uh, Anne Lim, who's Country Manager, Singapore for Tourism Australia. And I, I do appreciate your time today. Thank you and have a great Thursday evening ahead. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me again. So you, you too have a great evening ahead. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.